Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of the Air It Out podcast. It's episode 26. If you keep a track at home, I'm your host, Ryan the Goose Gosker, here with you. As always, I want to welcome in my co-host, Jolan Bayoka. Jolan, welcome to another exciting episode here on the podcast. It's always nice to join you in the studio, or as we call it today, the sauna. It was the sauna today until the air just turned off. It actually happened as I clicked play on here. So that seems to be a good omen here, Jolan, as we get rolling into week 11 of the NFL season. Well, we do want to recap last week just a little bit. The Goose was 10-4 and again, a second consecutive week. 91-56 and on the year, Jolan. That's a pretty good mark heading into week 11. It's going to be well over, well over double by the end of it. Well, we're going to see. I mean, it would be an epic collapse if it, if I ended up under 100, but I want to get there as soon as possible. We're going to try to make it happen this week, but let's take you back to last week a little bit, just going through the games. Cleveland wins an ugly one, 10-7. Uh, Washington, Detroit, eh. The Giants finally beat the Eagles, Jolan, for once in our lifetime, it feels like. You know, they finally cop a dub against the... Since I was in eighth grade. The Eagles, as as they call them down there in Philly. Green Bay squeaks past Jacksonville. A tight one. And Las Vegas dismantles. Denver uh, really just throws them aside. Tua continues his way and wins that rookie battle between him and Justin Herbert the Sherbert. Arizona, DeAndre Hopkins, Kyler Murray, Hail Mary pass. Gets DeAndre Hopkins a matting rating of 99 now, by the way. What an unbelievable Hail Mary play to win that game. I told you it was going to be a three-point game either way. Ended up being a two-point game in favor of Arizona. Uh, pretty pretty just wild. Seattle, sit. they suffered another setback, and then they ended up winning against Arizona in a tight one here on Thursday night. It's a good game. DK Metcalf, it, it, the drops were not good. He could have had an excellent game last night. Hit him right in the face mask. Uh, a tough one, a tough one to forgive. The Pittsburgh Steelers stay on their winning ways. The New England Patriots, welcome back. They made me look stupid. They played in a monsoon against the Baltimore, Baltimore Ravens, and they came out victorious. Credit to them. They played very, very well. Minnesota took care of Chicago. Chicago's offense, literally the only team worse than Chicago on offense is the Jets, and you don't want to be in that conversation, I promise you. It's a bad conversation to be in. I mentioned the Thursday night game. What a week. What a what an exciting week, Jolan. Again, it just gets I think, you know, a lot of times we get caught up in the in the game plan and the schemes and everything like this. Really this year the chestnut checkers is all about COVID. It really is. Who's getting COVID and who specifically on the team will not play, who's been in close contact, who can't play because of that. All those things are very, very interesting. But Jolan time to move on from week 10 let's get to week 11 let's, let's get it off, rolling let's start off hot too we have the battle of the six and threes we have the tennessee titans at the baltimore ravens lamar jackson is completing just 38.8 percent of throws over 15 plus yards ranked 26 in the nfl and he's, he was only one for six last week against the new england patriots probably a big reason why they ended up losing what are you liking this week i i'm gonna put this out there as a disclaimer i think there's about one or two games in the entire slate of the NFL this week, which should be about 13 games, that's a home run pick. Everything else is a toss-up. And I think this matchup in particular is a toss-up. Both teams really struggling. Struggling offensively. Really trying to find their identity. And it's hard to believe so. And and, and I see a lot of questions about, well, who do you trust more in this game? I'm going to trust a proven commodity in Derrick Henry. Because it, on both sides of the ball, you look at it, who's been more consistent? It's been Derrick Henry. 
He is the one guy you know each and every week that if you give him the ball 25, 30 times, you're, you're in a good spot to win. Now, A.J. Brown needs to stop dropping the football. Their wide receivers, uh, Jonu Smith is tight end. They need to stop dropping the football. They need to continue to make plays for Ryan Tannehill so this offense could be explosive while running the football and then setting up the play action. Really difficult game to pick. I, I, I'm not I'm not kidding when I say this. I I don't even know really I'm not confident, Jolan, if I picked either one of these teams. But I'm gonna take Tennessee. I'm gonna take Derrick Henry in the run game, and I'm gonna take Ryan Tannehill to make just enough plays to win this game. But this feels like a game. It's three points either way. It's not it's not one team wins by twenty four, one team wins by twenty six. No, this feels like a close one to me. I'll take the Titans. Now, I want to call this next one the trap game because I don't want to get you lost in the records. The 3-6 and six Falcons at the 7-2 and two Saints, and now here's the reason why the records don't matter. The Saints don't have Drew Brees, and they're deciding to start Taysom Hill, and the Falcons are 3-1 and one under interim coach. Ooh, who's their interim coach right now? Raheem Morris, there it is. And they're 0-5 under Dan Quinn. The, the Falcons are turning it around while the Saints are digressing. Who do you like here? Yeah, they play harder whenever their coach is an interim or on the hot seat. By the way, Taysom, so true. Taysom Hill, starting quarterback this week, is not, I think he's thrown like three more NFL passes than I have. Yeah, he has great potential as a young 30-year-old. Right, congratulations. <laughs> Welcome to the NFL at 30 years old. Um, I, I, Brandon Whedon of this week. <laughs> think about how bad Jameis Winston has to look in practice for them to just say, you're not even in any of the offensive packages. You're not in any of them. You can sit there with the clipboard in your hand. Now. Which is weird. I do want to say that. It is weird. It is weird. I, I'm 25 surprised. 25 30 touchdowns and 5,000 yards in a season. Correct. Before. Now, what is interesting about the Drew Brees injury, I was looking at, listening to Greg McElroy, the quarterback from Alabama, who then played, I believe, for the Jets for a couple years. Throwback found, name. Yeah. Find, National find title his way. winner? Now, yes, I believe so. Now he's an analyst on ESPN. He had the same exact injury Drew Brees had. And said the two to three week window is BS. He said that injury after 40 days, he got hit for the first time, felt like it it was a fresh new injury. This is something Drew Brees, cause, and remember, Drew Brees cracked rib. Okay, guys have played through that before, but it's the punctured lung that's really the factor here and what you have to do. And it's really two weeks before you're supposed to start. I think it's like pumping that, that area again. So... I don't really know. To the game. Now, this is interesting. The Falcons have made me look stupid on occasion, both when I've picked them and when I've picked against them. I'm going to take the Saints in the Dome. I really am. I'm going to take the Saints in the Dome. I think Taysom Hill, the experiment works for a game, a couple games here and there. Sean Payton does what he has to do. There's a lot of excitement. Boo, ba, bing, Mardi Gras. Having a, having a great time on Bourbon Street down there. Give me the Saints in this one, Jolan, at home. So you're still taking the Saints without Drew Brees, which is a big shocker, to be honest. I, I don't think they're going to play up to par. I think he's a big reason why they've won so many games and a big reason why Sean Payton's won so many games. I think he's gotten bailed out by Drew Brees. Great gameplay. Moving forward, we have the Patriots, who are 4-5 and five at the 2-7 and seven Texans. Cam Newton, who is seeking his first three-game winning streak as a starting quarterback since Week 7-9 through nine of 2018, has a 76.9% completion percentage over the past two games. It's top in the league over the NFL. Yeah, I don't know. Joel, have you ever seen the movie Major League? I have. Yeah, well, when you, you know when, uh, I I forget whether it's the first one or the second one, but Lou Brown, the, the manager, walks in and he says, we won one yesterday, 
That's a that's one win. We win one today. That's two in a row. We won one tomorrow. That's called a winning streak. <laughs> it has happened before. That's where the New England Patriots are. They win this week. That's three in a row. That's a winning streak. It has happened before. And let it continue. Give me the Patriots in this game. I think Cam Newton, I think Bill Belichick and that team, they're starting to sense what time of year it is, man. They're really starting to hone in. And I just think this Texans team, while they're playing better without Bill O'Brien, they're still not there yet. They still miss DeAndre Hopkins, obviously, immensely. There's still some pieces on that defense that they're lacking. I like the Patriots in this one, and I like Bill Belichick. Again, last week, vintage Belichick game, vintage Patriot game, win ugly. You know why? Because it doesn't really matter as long as you get the W. Great teams win bad games. And they yes. always say that. They, they continue to happen. Which brings me to our next matchup and a great teams win bad games. It's the 9-0 Steelers taking on the 1-8 Jaguars. And this game is important because when the 9-0 Steelers and the 1-8 Jaguars meet Sunday, it'll match up the sixth largest differential win percentage in week 10 or later in the Super Bowl era. The Jaguars have allowed at least 24 points in eight consecutive games this season, their longest streak of allowing 24-plus in franchise history. On the other side, the Steelers have scored 24-plus in all nine of their games, tied for the Saints for the most in the NFL. Yeah, I want to give credit to Jacksonville. They played hard last week in Lambeau, uh, really had a chance late in that game to steal one from Aaron Rodgers and that crew, but uh, I don't I don't think – I I think the Steelers keep this close – the Steelers are really starting to enter that bubble of the Seahawks where they're kind of allergic to, like, blowing teams out and they really like these close, really tight games where they have to make plays in big situations. But they're winning all of them is the difference. Right, again, and that's the thing. You look at Russell Wilson's career, that's what he does best. He wins games close, okay? Same thing here with the Steelers. So I do I expect this game to be a 40-point blowout? No, but I'll take I'll take the Steelers in this game at in Jacksonville, I think they go down to Florida and get a W. Again, maybe by 10 points, something like that. Not a huge victory. We have another trap game up next. It's the 3-5-1 Eagles at the 6-3 and Browns. Cleveland quarterback Baker Mayfield has zero passing touchdowns in each of his past two games. That's his longest streak without a passing TD since going three straight games with without one at Texas Tech in 2013. Not a good look. Ugh. 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 Yeah, Baker Mayfield, Texas Tech. It's one of those stats where I got to get the bucket, man, that I want to throw up after hearing that. Here's the thing. This is what happens when you win a game against a division rival. You end up doing what Met fans do all the time, which is you get excited. Then they let you down. So sad. So here's what I'm doing. The Giants are looking to win this division. Well, the Giants need the Eagles to continue to lose. I think the Browns beat the Eagles this week. That losing train continues for the Philadelphia Eagles. Now, the Browns have not won flashy. They're not lost flashy either. You go back to the Oakland game, I think that game was like 13 to 6. They won last week 10 to 7. Don't expect this to be a high-scoring game because Carson Wentz is disgusting. Okay, he he's on Baker's level right now. The fact that two of them are like neck and neck right now for worst quarterback in the league is sad. It really is. But I think Baker I don't know if it's so much Baker or that offensive line, that running game makes just one more play than Philadelphia has. Just feels like that kind of year for Philly. So give me Cleveland in this one. But again, another close game. It, 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 none of these games are blowouts in my eyes outside of maybe maybe Pittsburgh if they weren't allergic to winning big. But the, all these games are close. Give me Cleveland by maybe a touchdown. 
We have another battle of AFC North versus NFC East. We have the two six and one Bengals at the two and seven Washington football team. Washington wide receiver Terry McLaurin quietly has at least seven receptions in four consecutive games, the longest streak by a Washington player in the past seventy seasons, and tied with Green Bay's Devontae Adams for the longest active streak in the NFL. Oh. I mean, seven's a hard oh. number to hit. Yeah, AB hit seven his second game back after a year and a half. Oh, <laughs> come on, man. This is terrible. Who do I pick in this game? Who do you pick in this game? Not Washington. I don't bro. know. I, I, Joe Burrow throws 70 times a game. I, Actually, Alex Smith. I take that back. You can Alex assess Smith, it yourself. Alex Smith, again, comeback player of the year. I know people are talking about Ben Roethlisberger because the success they're having. But, I mean, you talk about Alex Smith's story. And uh, I just watched another piece about it today. On unreal story, Jolan. It's it's it really is fascinating. Now they're at home. That defensive line is cooking something up because Joe Burrow has been hit probably more times than any quarterback in the history of the league. And it's year one. Uh, yeah, and it's year one. Andrew Luck would like a give me three. Cincy on the road. Oh geez, give me the Bengals on the road, baby. Joey Burrow makes just enough plays. Go Tigers! Give me give me the Bengals in this game. Over Washington. I can't trust him. You can't trust him. None of us can trust him as far as we can throw him. Outside of Dan Snyder, we can throw him out of the press box. But regardless, you can't trust Washington. Go Cincinnati in this game. We'll continue forward with the 4-5 and five Lions at the 3-7 and seven Carolina Panthers. Detroit wide receiver Marvin Jones is receiving touchdown in three straight games, tied for the longest streak of his career since week 6-8 through eight of 2013. He is fresh off an 8-catch, 96-yard receiving day versus Washington in week 10. This has got to be the toilet bowl this week. This game is awful. But the record, I don't know. This game, I have another one This game is awful, but give me Matt Rule and the Carolina Panthers. I like what he's doing. Again, Jolan, you've heard me say this since the beginning of the year. I like what he's building down there. He seems to be building a program. They've come close on occasions. I think they get over the hump this week. I don't know if McCaffrey's back. I don't think so, Jolan. Uh, I'm not sure what his status is for this weekend. Regardless, I think they get a win at home over the struggling and presumably Lions that are playing to get Matt Patricia fired. I think at this point, it's pretty obvious. I, I don't think they want him around. The reports you saw earlier in the year about his locker room culture and everything like that, I think they want him gone, and they're on the road to doing that as they continue to lose here in Carolina this week. Brings us up to another game. The hot, the red hot Miami Dolphins at 6-3 and three take on the Denver Broncos, who are 3-6 and six in Denver. Miami's Tua Tagovailoa is seeking to become the fifth AFC quarterback to win his first four career starts over the past 30 years, joining Drew Brees in 2002, Ben Roethlisberger in 2004, and Trevor Simeon in 2016, with Patrick Mahomes, obviously, in 17 and 18. He also has already joined Damian Heward as the only Dolphins quarterback to win their first three career starts and would be the first Dolphin to win his first four games. Yeah, you know, which is, is weird because the Dolphins have a ton of history before we were born as being the team. They have the undefeated team. They have, you know, what I'm saying? Like yeah. they should have some good rookie quarterbacks in there. Yeah, but I guess they probably started. That was you got to remember that was back in the day where like rookies were like, oh, you wear the pink backpacks to practice. <laughs> you know, you pick up the bags for everybody. You know that kind of stuff. I think nowadays it's more of like, hey, this dude's really good. He's gonna come in and play right away. We've seen that transition on a lot of levels. This game's really tricky to pick because, again, Denver saw this a couple weeks ago with the Chargers. Chargers went into this game. You think, oh, Herbert's going to do his thing. Denver, wacky game, comes out with the upset. I've really been impressed 
with Tua Tungavailoa. No picks. And no picks. Five touchdowns. Yeah. Looking I, sharp. Three wins is the most important. He He's done a really good job, and this team, again, is starting to look like they've made the right move. Now, Denver is a hard place to play. We've talked about the altitude before, and I that's the one reason I think you can consider picking Denver in this game. That's why I mentioned it. I'm going to... I'm gonna pick. I'm gonna stay with Miami in this game. I'm gonna stay. This is. This feels like Clay Thompson getting the microwave going, and we're gonna talk about him later. Uh, some sad news, but feels like the microwave's starting to get going. The sixty uh, points on eleven dribbles. Let's uh, let's keep Miami rolling here to potentially Joel on. They could win this division. They really could win the AFC East. When you look about it, Buffalo's been struggling. And stuff like that. The Patriots. Yeah, the, yeah. You don't know. Do the, can the Patriots make up enough ground? We're not going to talk about that team in New Jersey. Um, give me Miami in this game too. It continues to roll. Wouldn't surprise me if Denver pulls off the upset, but I like Miami in this one. So our next matchup is what I will call the toilet bowl. And now here's why, and it's based on records. I know gameplay wise, in the past couple weeks, you wanted Detroit in there. But the New York Jets have been one of the worst teams I've ever seen in my lifetime, and I've seen two 0-16 teams. This might be the third I see. The 0-9 Jets are at the 2-7 Chargers, and the Chargers just can't seem to win games. All seven of the Chargers' losses this season have been one-score games that is tied for the most in the NFL through a team's first nine games in NFL history with the 2015 Ravens, the 1983 Buccaneers, and the 1944 Brooklyn Tigers. We're approaching uncharted territories here, Goose. Yeah, I... I gotta tell you, it, it really. I I'm gonna for a second here. I'm gonna feel bad for the Jets. In a normal and let me explain myself. In a normal year, you'd get to go out to L.A., get your rear end kicked, but enjoy the L.A. lifestyle. Now with Gavin Newsom out there as the governor, and the stay-at-home orders and the second wave of COVID, you can't even enjoy L.A. You really can if you're the Jets. You're literally just going out there, get wiped off the floor, continue your track for Trevor, is what I'm calling it, okay? <laughs> You're going to continue that. You're going to move to 0-10 because I think Justin Herbert, this is the week. And I feel like we say this every week, but literally this is the worst team in football. So this has to be the week for the Chargers to get the win at home. The Jets have a lousy flight home, and all is right in the world, Cholon. We move on to our game of the week. Oh, the 7-2 Packers take on the 6-3 Colts. And I have another one up for nomination, but I'll mention why it's not. And the uh, So the 7-2 Packers are at the 6-3 Colts. Rodgers leads the NFL with 84.8 total QBR this season and has three games of 300-plus yards and four-plus touchdowns tied with Patrick Mahomes for most such games. Oh, yeah, and he's 4-0 when he does that. Oh, yeah, that sounds – you know what? That sounds about right. Okay. <laughs> Uh, this is really tough because this game's indoors, so weather's not a factor really because, you know, Indianapolis got the dome and everything like that. They've got one of the best defenses in the National Football League. I watched them against Tennessee, and again, Tennessee, Facts. I don't think Tennessee's the offense that Green Bay is because Green Bay's getting Aaron Jones back this week. And Devontae Adams is going to play. Alan Lazard might play this week. That's going to be a game-time decision according to head coach Matt LaFleur as of today. Okay, so that's going to be a game-time decision. Man, <laughs> that uh, defense is fun. Before man. you pick, I want yes. you to know that Vegas has no clue, and they're favoring Indy by two and a half. By two, right? This is gonna. This just seems like a field goal game. And you know what? You know what? You might just have to look at the kicking game for this one. And I think Mason Crosby's a little bit better than Rodrigo Blankenship. 
the rookie out of Georgia. Great guy, by the way. Great dude. Great player. He's so marketable. He's, it's hilarious. Oh, absolutely. But I think, I think Mason Crosby is better than he is at this moment in his career. Okay, he's the only reason Graham Gano is not going to be the Pro Bowl kicker for the NFC, by the way. Give me Green Bay in this one with the better kicker. And again, I think Green Bay's offense and their and Indy's defense, this is going to be a fun chess match. I don't think it's a shutdown or a blowout either way. I think it's really trading punches. This feels like a heavyweight fight between like Mike Tyson and, and George Foreman. Like this feels like a big time heavyweight fight. Okay, not not just not like Mike Tyson versus me. Like this feels like a, a really good matchup. Give me the team with the better kicker. That's Green Bay in this game. Now that matchup is going to be super interesting, and I'm going to move forward to one that's not so interesting right now at the moment in time. It's the two and seven Cowboys, the four and five Vikings. Cousins has at least an 80.0 total QBR in the past three games. Brett Favre, 2009, is the only Vikings quarterback to produce an 80 or, or better in four straight since the metric got introduced in 2006. Helping him along the way has been Justin Jefferson, whose four games with 100-plus receiving yards are most by a Vikings rookie since Hall of Famer Randy Moss in 98. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, Jolan, who's starting for Dallas at quarterback? Is it you this week? Andy Dalton. Is it you? <laughs> are you sure? No, Gucci Danucci, they took off the last pizzeria in Jersey. They're done with us. <laughs> oh, okay, all right, all right. All right, I you know, this game, Dallas is coming off a bye. Like, did they get a new defensive coordinator? Did they get a new defense? Did they call the 85 Bears in? Did and Jerry Jones play sell defense? yet? No. <laughs> I, I think all the answers to those questions are no, which means Dalvin Cook, fantasy owners, you better start Dalvin Cook this week because I think he's going to have a huge game this week. Another 200. He's going to have a big game. He's had a streak of two touchdowns. I, I don't know. It might be four straight games. So, Something stupid like that. Three games, something like that. I think it continues this week against this putrid, awful, ugly Dallas defense. Give me Minnesota, especially at home. Get a few big plays to Justin Jefferson. That's all she wrote in this game. Takes us up to our nomination game of the week. I know exactly what game you're talking about. It's the 8-1 Chiefs at the 6-3 and Raiders. And the Raiders quarterback Derek Carr has a 94 QBR against the Blitz this season, which ranks second behind Kansas City's quarterback Patrick Mahomes, who's a 98. The Chiefs have blitzed on 34% of opposing QB dropbacks this season, the seventh highest rate in the NFL. Carr versus the Blitz, Mahomes versus the Raiders. The Raiders got the better hand. Where's Molt when you need him? Where is Moltner? I hope he's sitting at home watching, listening to this episode. Gotta get some cameras and, in here. And uh, I'm gonna make him a very sad, sad boy here. Uh, listen, what the Raiders did to beat Kansas City in Kansas City was play the way Kansas City does, which is use big plays, use splash plays, use Henry Ruggs, use Nelson Aguilar out there, use get Hunter Renfro involved, Darren Waller, all these weapons. And eat the clock. Correct, and eat the clock. Run the ball efficiently. You don't have to run the ball for 350 yards. You have to run the ball efficiently and when you need to. Now... I'm taking Kansas City in this game for one reason and one reason only. Andy Reid is 18-3 and in his coaching career off a of bye week. Can't beat a great team twice, too. Give me Kansas City in this game for that reason and the one you just mentioned. It is very, very difficult to beat a great team twice. Look at look at Pompton Lakes High School against Hasbrook Heights. 2013 loses the final game of the regular season. Throwback. Wins Great. the state championship that year. Look at the Giants in 07 when they lost to the Patriots at home in week 17. That heartbreak game. They go on and they win it when it matters the most. Now, 
I think Kansas City wins this game because I think this game matters more now than it did a couple weeks ago. Case in point, Andy Reid moves to 19-3 after a bye week. Kansas City rolls on to 9-1. I think it's more of a revenge game for the Chiefs here. Kind of. Yeah, I could see it. One loss? I mean, oof. And and again, a year after a championship, you have to find things to motivate you, Cholan. You really, like, sometimes it's hard to get up for these games. You know, oh, we're the best. And having people question whether Derek's car is good as you in your own division is a fire. Oh, yeah, baby. Light them up. We move on. I'm on fire. Like Fallout Boy. Oh, Let's roll. Jesus. Oh, that's a reference. We move on to the hot streaks with the hot games. The 6-3 and three Rams at the 7-3 and three Buccaneers. Yeah. Buccaneers wide receiver Mike Evans has linked up with Brady for seven red zone touchdown catches this season. Second among quarterback receiver duos in the NFL. Besides, of course, Kirk Cousins and my favorite fantasy pickup, Adam Thielen. Yeah, Jolan, this is a difficult game to pick. Why, you might ask? Because when Brady and this team have struggled, it's been when... Plus pressure, excuse me, has been applied. That's a great front seven that you have to go up against to be able to get pressure. Look at what the Saints were able to do. Look at all these other teams. Aaron Donald is a problem. Problem for anybody. Problem for the Tampa Bay. Problem for anybody. Anybody in the league. They have good enough outside pass rushers to get it done. Now here's the point I want to make against you yes. right now. Jared Goff's not that good under pressure. And when you look at the Buccaneers' front seven... You know, under pressure. Dun, 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 dun. Yep, look at that. I'm a, David. I'm a jukebox today. Hello. Yes. So that's that's a very fair point. And that's actually why I think Jared Goff is worse under pressure than Tom Brady is. And that's why I'm going Tampa in this game. Because it's really which quarterback can just play not as worse as the other under pressure. If that makes sense. Who, who plays best under pressure? No, none of them are going to play great under pressure. But who plays better out of the two? I think the winner of that wins this game, and I think it's Tom Brady on Monday night at home. Yeah, it's fair to say that when he's been to, what, nine Super Bowls and won six of them? There's only three losses against the NFC East teams. Shout out. Yeah, sounds about right. But that will wrap up the week of Week 11, technically. Um, week 12 yes. next week, Thursday, is Thanksgiving. We will have a special episode coming out next Wednesday, so stay tuned for that. Goose. Yeah, we will. That's going to be a lot of fun, Jolan. And I forgot to mention we uh, had over the week, we had rumors of a fist fight in East Rutherford. Between head coach Joe Judge and offensive line coach Mark Colombo, that did not take place, ladies and gentlemen. A verbal altercation did. I heard it's been weeks of verbal. Colombo has been dismissed. And and from what I understand, his problem was, when you look at what his background was in Dallas, he got a group of much more NFL-ready guys. Like Like, I think the Giants need more development. Like, when you get Travis Frederick... Zach Martin, Tyron Smith, you don't the best really coach history. a lot of them, right? So he had to start from the bottom, really, with the Giants. So I think that's that's what led to the dismissal. Uh, Digo Yomo, Dave Digo Yomo, is the new Giants offensive line coach. He actually interviewed for the job and lost out to Colombo. Uh, luckily, he was still on an unemployment for us, so we could just go and pick him up. Uh, Joe Judge has been more active with that group. That group has seen some improvement here over the past couple weeks. Joel on. The Giants are going to get a huge victory this week. You know why? Because they're on a bye. They're going to win this week. Well, here's the thing. We already haven't started off too hot because the reports against Joe Judge are calling him a tyrant and things like that, and they're calling him similar to Matt Patricia. But here's what I wanted to spell. Joe Judge is leading by example. You either fall in line or fall out. Matt Patricia has no line. He's just trying to lead. Yeah, I. what I will say is, and, and to anybody that says that, and as of right now, I don't think that's a fair argument. And I'll tell you, it's because of how the team plays. You look at Matt Patricia's team. They do not play hard for him. 
This Giants team plays extremely hard for and Joe Judge. they're getting better every week. They're calling they're us in Miami. Better. And again, listen, I don't know if they can make the playoffs. They, well, I know mathematically, obviously I'm they can. I'm just happy we've won two games in a row. Right. <laughs> and again, the Giants are in a spot where if they win, not this week because they're on a bye, next week, that's called a winning streak. And then we can talk playoffs. It has happened before. Okay? And this is what I'm saying. They're getting you excited because they're in this NFC East race. They are. They're in the thick of it. They've now beaten Philly. That's a huge monkey off their back. Something they haven't been able to do. Now you got to go win some tough games. Their schedule down the stretch is absolutely brutal. But we're going to see how that young team responds to some adversity. And we got Xavier McKinney back. Um, we got a couple other defensive pieces. I'm blanking on names right now. Oof. I mean, but it's all going to help. It's all I'm gonna excited help. to it's see what McKinney looks like. Uh, Bradbury, by the way. Ty Crowder. There it is. Correct. Okay, so it looks like we got James Crowder for a steal. We paid him $15 million a year. Ted, it looks like we. Not James. James, the receiver. Tay Crowder. No, no, James Bradbury. Oh. Uh, Bradbury. That's who I'm talking about. Oh, we're, okay. We that paid was 15 total mil for him. I think we. I And I think right now, you look at it, we've underpaid for him. He looks like a top five corner in the league. I right will now. say, though, he'll get his money. He. Well, listen, he's with us for the next two, three years, so uh, he's not going nowhere. He's not getting no money anywhere. <laughs> All right, he's going to stay an extension? With Come on. Uh, we, no, I mean, we might, we, you know, but you got to see. you got to play out the contract, right? Uh, we've been burned by that one before. We're going to move out of the NFL. It's been, a, like I said, a crazy week. We're going to move into a little bit of college football. The big matchup this week is number nine, Indiana. When was the last time Indiana was ranked number nine? I don't know, but it goes to show you how good they actually are to get poll recognition. Correct. At number three, Ohio State. Number three or number two, something like that. Regardless, it's going to be a fun matchup, Joel. I don't think Indiana's up to the test. I think this is one where Ohio State says, listen, little boy, sit your rear end down. We're the big dogs in town. Get out of here. And I think they be- I think they beat up Indiana. But we're going to find out. I think this is going to be really, really fascinating. Is Indiana the team we think they are? If not, no surprise. Move on. No, no harm, no foul. And that's, that's a... Not really fair to say because when you think Indiana, they're exceeding their expectations for a program level like never before. But it shows you the vast difference of college football. You have the tier ones, and then it drops really, really, really far down to the tier twos and threes. Look at Nebraska, Michigan. Yeah. They're tier twos, but good lord, but, they're so far away from big teams. But this is the thing when your record is undefeated heading into a matchup with another undefeated team, it's the way it always is. You're gonna find it. We're gonna find out if you can live up to pressure, because that's just the way it is. You've welcomed yourself. You've made your grand Superman entrance onto the stage. Pressure creates now, diamonds. Correct. Pressure either explodes or it creates diamonds, right? Pressure either boils to the point of explosion or it creates diamonds. And we're gonna find out what Indiana's got this weekend. Uh, Trevor Lawrence is coming back. By the way, good to see him back after he tested positive for COVID. He went through a bunch of heart testing to make sure. Nothing was uh, irregular there. Uh, and then we got Bedlam this week, Jolan. Oklahoma State, Oklahoma. Always a fun matchup. Warm that's, up where, jacket. that's where college game day is going to be this weekend. By the way, they were at the Masters last weekend. Phenomenal coverage. They did a really cool job. I think it was, I, I thought it was really fast. It's a really vast combination. But if you know uh, Chris the Bear, who who's on there, he does some picks, he does some stats for them. Uh, he's really kind of off to the side. He was actually connected to Augusta. He's been at Augusta for 
basically every year, I think he said, for the past like 25 years, Jeez. something like that. So he's got deep connections in there. And I thought it was a really cool show, especially in a year where you can't go really anywhere because there's no fans anywhere. So they did a good job. But they're going to be in, I believe, that, that game's being played in Norman this year. Yes. Uh, so that's going to be a lot of fun to watch. It's and- the only thing... I'm not as important as the Red River rivalry, but one of the oh, it's pretty close. In state, it's in it's, state. It's pretty close. People are going to get rowdy, and hopefully not too rowdy, and uh, we keep the spread down. So we're going to move on and uh, into high school. Unfortunately, Pompton Lakes lost to Waldwick last week, so they are now playing for third place in the NJIC uh, this weekend. They they're going to play Park Ridge. I will be in attendance for that game. Uh, I've been covering them basically the whole year, outside of the first two games. Um, I, I got to say, Jolan, just really. Really great job by all the coaches we mentioned last week. Scott Mahoney, Paul Koontz, Justin Jones, Ryan Schaefer, Mike Chimelli, uh, everybody involved. It's uh it I I really don't even know how we got to this point. It, it's and every team that's canceled and every game that's been postponed and you have to pick up a new opponent within the next twenty four hours. God bless them for getting to the end of the season. Not uh, even just honestly. them and, and the whole state entirely. Yeah. You guys needed to give these kids sports, something to look forward to. That's exactly what you did. And they did. You even look at it. Let's take it a step further. You look at Don Bosco. Don Bosco just uh, put out this week that their football season done. is done. They they are done. The however, kids got tape. However, their la- not only did they get tape, their last game ever in a Don Bosco uniform will be one of the greatest comebacks against Bergen Catholic ever. last week. Ever. Ever. That's their last memory. That's why it was so important to play high school sports. That's why it is always important to play high school sports for the tape, for the fun, for the Friday nights, for the celebrations. Joel and I got to tell you, it's it's a bit of normalcy. It really is. When I go watch those games, it feels like I'm finally in a bubble of normal for once. Obviously, I got to wear the mask, but again, I'm watching football, man. It's it's a lot of fun to watch and credit to the state of New Jersey. They've done a terrific job now. They are moving back their winter season until January. Uh, that that is slated. It's usually slated to start like right after Thanksgiving. Feels so bad for the wrestlers, man. No state tournament. Right after Thanksgiving, stuff. that's usually when it's slated to start. We obviously know what Thanksgiving is bringing coming down the pipe. Obviously, with COVID, it could be really difficult for people to handle. But uh, but again, I know they're working on something for wrestling specifically because I think they got pushed even further back than January. They're working on it. They're working on the spring. Spring, listen, outdoor sports, I think if football has taught you anything, the outdoor sports can do what they do. The outdoor sports can compete. It it really is. Throw a, mess, a wrestling mat on a field and have the fans in the bleachers. That's, That's I, I guarantee you that those wrestlers. That would sell the most tickets ever. I, I bet you those wrestlers would take those mats on their shoulders down to that field. Literally. I guarantee it. Uh, no doubt in my mind. Find a way to get outdoors. Find a way to have some fun and let these kids enjoy what they have left in high school, uh, because I know it would have devastated me had this happened when 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 we were there. And I was always thinking about that. I was I hear a lot of people saying there's bigger things than high school sports, and I understand that. But at the same time, you have to have empathy. You were one seniors in high school. You once thrived in those situations, or you probably hated it, and that's why you're you're mad now. But, but you got to give people their chance. But we talked about this, Jolan. For some people, it's not. For some people, that's what keeps them in school every day. If they weren't, they'd be high school dropouts. Who knows what they would be doing? They might be selling drugs. They might be, you know, in harder you, circumstances. Right. Of course, you not. don't. You don't know. But for some people, it's not. There's not really much bigger than high school sports. That is 
the pinnacle of their athletic career, of what they've worked so hard for since they were a kid, from you know all the tough circumstances that maybe they've gone through. So it was really crucial for them to do what they did this year, and I applaud them as, as we sit on the eve of the final game for Pompton Lakes High School. Now, let's transition into the basketball, which is going to start, obviously, December 22nd. Uh, we had the draft, Joel on. Anthony Edwards, no surprise, goes number one. James Wiseman. Actually, you say no surprise. He had said that morning he's not passionate about basketball. I would have sent him to the moon yeah, for ball sells uh, tickets. Yeah, at least he didn't wear a gas mask like Laramie Tunsil did. Um, that, yeah, that's, uh, that's a bad <laughs> draft look. Draft night stories, yeah, that's top this worst. That's a bad look, man. That's not good. Uh, regardless, they're going to have to live with that. But it's not a surprise he went number one just because of that's what the projections were. James Wiseman of Memphis goes number two to Golden State. Now, this is where I want to talk about Golden State because we got the news that Clay Thompson has torn his ACL, Joel, on. Uh, he had torn his left ACL in the 2019 Finals in Game 6 against the Toronto Raptors. He was on his way back, and in training, and in working out, playing some pickup ball with the guys, he tore his right Achilles. Uh, one of the worst injuries in any sport, especially basketball. So uh, we, we wish Clay all the best, Joel, and I know Clay, Clay's been one of the most likable guys in the NBA. I really don't know a guy that hates Clay in the league. Uh, you know, he's got the 60-point game on 11 dribbles or 19 dribbles, whatever it was. He had the 37 points in a quarter. He had the 14 threes in Chicago. He had the 11 threes against the Thunder in Game 6 back in 2016. 16, correct. I just uh, just unbelievable what that guy's been able to do for that team. They're not going to be the same. They signed, they're, they're trading for Kelly Oubre. He's going to put them $80 million more into the luxury tax. They get James Wiseman, not LaMelo Ball, to replace Klay Thompson. Uh, just just really, really tough for that team. Now, we'll get into this more with uh, Ronnie Aponte when he joins the show in a week or two, but I want to ask you right now, Obi Toppin, do you like him, yes or no? And Oye- Onyeka Okongwu, the Cal- Mr. California two-time, who played with the Ball Brothers, do you think that because of names and recognition that those two people slipped and that they could have been top three players elsewhere? Obi Toppin was a game changer, mind you. He game was game changer. He was, and and his biggest problem was no NCAA tournament. I think if there was an NCAA tournament, we would have seen him on the big stage against the top competition, and he would have balled out, and he would have shown us why he deserved to be a top pick. Now, uh, the the guy, Onyeka. yeah, yes. Onyeka, he went number six to Atlanta Hawks to Atlanta. Great piece I for I really Trae like Young. what Atlanta's doing. Love. They're really putting a lot of a lot of pieces together here, and again. You know, they might be just one more veteran away. We saw what it, it, Atlanta kind of reminds me of the East Coast. It reminds me as they are the East Coast version of what Phoenix is. Phoenix really has this star guard, and they, they really just Chris Paul. got a young guy, a lot of young guys around it. And presumably, they were one key veteran away to potentially making the playoffs this year. They and run I the think. Bubble. I think if they can, that'll put a sign to Atlanta that, hey, let's get another vet in here, maybe a 3 and D guy. Who knows? The pair with Trey Young, and that might be something special. And it's super interesting because Gordon Hayward of the Boston Celtics has declined his team option. So, small ball team, great center, Gordon Hayward starting in that lineup. We we, well, could, we, to, we, we could definitely see it. But, Jolan, I, I do like both of those guys. Uh, the Knicks done a great job. It's hard to say. On especially and, producing it, it's and weird. I feel like it's super I'm, weird. I, You're yeah, producing I, yourself saying the Knicks are doing good. 
Think I feel like I that. just cursed it, and this is gonna be one of those <laughs> old takes exposed. Like I, I, like I, they might like retweet me here in about a month and a half or two months. But I really like what they did, getting Obi Toppin, a Brooklyn native, by the way, a guy that's got a chip on his shoulder. He's gonna generate a lot of buzz for Madison Square Garden. That's not even my favorite signing that they made. Not only did they cut six players, Jolan, to create forty million dollars in cap space. Phenomenal. Yeah. Why would you clear out that much? Maybe you're trying to get Russell Westbrook. Who knows? But they did sign Miles Powell. Yes, the sir. Same Hall product. Jersey. Who went undrafted, surprisingly, Super went undrafted surprising. in this draft. He has lit up Madison Square Garden when he's played there. He's averaging a little over 22 points a game when he's played there. Just unreal stuff. And I think, Joel, on some excitement. Again, it's really weird with Nick fans. They don't really want to win. They just want to see some excitement. But he, it, 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 like they, these guys aren't gonna, they're not going to win them forty games, but they might generate some buzz and they might bring some tickets. Some tickets. Well, now Cuomo's not going to let them in, but but it's going to generate some buzz on TV and some stuff like that. Yeah, absolutely. And not even that. Like the Knicks have been so bad for so long and have made so many porous decisions. The first glimpse of light. Looks like heavens have opened. Oh, I know. Like, Listen, as a Met fan, I completely understand. Like, I oh, yeah. Dude, you. I've been a Giants fan I my whole life, you. and the first 10 years, 11, 12 years were perfect, and the last, what, 11 or 12, literally, have been yeah. not perfect. But uh, they've got free agency, Joel, on. So Wednesday, we're going to have some big updates for you, some movement going on. Anthony Davis expected to sign with the Lakers, sign his max contract. We don't know about the years, though. Dennis Schroeder got traded to the Lakers from Oklahoma City. I think that's a good pickup. For that's, Danny Green, who correct, got sent. Who got sent to Philadelphia, which I think is really what they did. Now they have Danny Green and Seth Curry. Philadelphia by the took way, Danny Green for Al Horford. That's Doc's son-in-law, by the way, is Seth Curry. Yeah, really weird dynamic going on there. Uh, so, But we're going to have a big update on Wednesday. More movement uh, coming, obviously, in, in the next couple days. We're going to move to Major League Baseball. Jolan, not too many headlines. It's been Steve Cohen. He's really been the guy on Twitter. He's been active. Money now, buys press. Right. I love it. I, I had I said this before, and it's going to sound really weird. The people I'm most thankful for this year in terms of the Mets, the Wilpons. I'm thankful that they finally decided to sell. I'm thankful that they finally put this team up for auction so that somebody could actually spend money on them instead of them claiming we have no money in the New York media. So tired of hearing that BS excuse. Well, insert Steve Cohen. And what happens to Steve Cohen in his first month on the job? He gets an extra $25 million to spend, Joel, on. Might be saying, where did that come from? Charitable donations? No. <laughs> Actually, maybe maybe a tax write-off, maybe a charitable donation, because Robinson Cano said, you know what? I want to try them performance-enhancing drugs again. Got caught, suspended the entire 2021 season. That frees up $24 million you, off of his salary this year. Do you know why I love Robinson Cano doing what he did? Because he was trying to get better for the Mets. Yeah. And then got caught <laughs> uh, for the Mets. So <laughs> like, all he wanted to do was be a part of something special here, Joel. Like, he, yeah, just he so bad. He knew something special was brewing, and he just wanted to be a part of it. But, no, he's done for the whole year. Um, it really looked Possible for Steve. career. Yeah, I mean, that trade, that trade for him and Diaz just gets worse by the day. Not by the week, not by the month, not by the year. It gets worse by the day. It really does. It's really ugly. He's still got two years left on his contract. We uh, might have to go take a ride to Cano's house uh, from there. 
Theo Epstein steps down as the president of the Cubs. And actually, who got promoted was Jed Hoyer. He's actually a Wesleyan alum. So I want to give a shout-out shout to out Jed. Shout-out Wes. Yeah, shout-out Wes. Shout-out Jed. Uh, he's done just a great job. I think he was basically Theo's right-hand man. Uh, really, kind of, they were kind of grooming him. It's hard to do all baseball. Theo says, "Yeah, Theo says he wants to take a year off." Daryl Morey said the same thing. Then found a job within two weeks. So, Steve Cohen did not dismiss the possibility of Theo Epstein being looked at by the New York Mets. That's going to be really fun. Uh, they've they've got free agency coming up. I think I think technically it's active. But look for the Mets to start spending big this offseason, Joel. Money, 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 money. It's nice when you got money to play money. with. Open that checkbook, Steve Cohen. And not just money to play with. The most money in the MLB. Yeah. Open it up, baby. We're coming. And uh, it's going to be, oh, man, buckle. Buckle up, baby. Blank check season, we'll call it. Blank check season. Uh, we definitely, Marcus Stroman signed back with us. So we need a couple more. I think we need one more starter, definitely. I think maybe two. Who knows? And uh, we obviously need a catcher. We don't. I, I don't think we have a major league baseball catcher right now. We release both of ours. The development of Dom Smith is going to be one of the most fun things to watch next year. And credit to him. I really a couple of years ago it looked like he was going to get just shelved off into AAA and the minors for the rest of his career. Maybe released at some point. Uh, he's done a great job just to continue to fight back. And he was excellent last year. He really was. He was great for that team. Now, where does he fit? When there's no DH, is the DH going to stay? Because if it does, advantage Dom Smith. Because I think he's the perfect designated hitter for that team. But if and not, there's contract opportunities in the other division. Correct. We'll see. Correct. Absolutely. And, uh, you know, again, with Cano out, what do you do? Do you move McNeil to second and now spend Love big that. on a third baseman? Love you that. could do that. You could re- move Rosario to second, keep Jimenez at short. I think Jimenez is your shortstop of the future. Anyway, I think Rosario might be on his way out. Who knows? We're going to see. We're going to go from there, Jolan. But they need to shore up that bullpen as well. So still plenty of holes on this team. Last thing I forgot to mention on the NBA, Jolan, the uh, Toronto Raptors, uh, they're moving. They are not we the North. They we are the South. They are we the Florida. Oh, they're geez. moving to Tampa, baby. He doesn't even say they're coming to America. No, he just says Florida. He doesn't even include we them. The, <laughs> yeah, no. Like, listen, Florida is their own province at this point according like, to ryan like, there's 49 states in america there's like and only, 49 and a half there's like half of florida that like actually makes sense and there's only 47 on continental america <laughs> right. <laughs> right there's only 49 and a half states really when you look at florida um but they they are moving to tampa oh, bay geez. for this year because canada still has a very strict rule that anybody that enters much quarantine for two weeks uh before they travel back so they're obviously not that doesn't work in the NBA schedule, so uh, they're going to move their games to Tampa Bay. So that's going to do it for episode 26. Jolan, these things just fly by, man. They really do. They just keep going. keep flying by. A lot of fun. Can't complain at all. You always get to enjoy ourselves Time here. Time flies when you're having fun. Absolutely. On the Air It Out podcast, episode 26, I'm Ryan the Goose Gosker. You can find me on Twitter, at Gosker56, at Goose on the Mic on Instagram, Please reach out with any questions, concerns. We want to hear what you want to hear on this podcast. Do you want me to predict a certain? Do you want me to make my finals prediction next week, a couple weeks from now? What are your thoughts? Any questions you want answered on the podcast, uh, you can reach me on that. Joel, where might the people be able to reach you and the podcast? You can follow us on Twitter at Podcast Air It Out or Instagram at Air It Out.podcast or me on Twitter and Instagram at Good Old Joel's. That's G O O D 
O-L-E-J-O-L-E-S. Any questions, comments, concerns, or compliments, you can reach us there. And if you want to be on the show, man, we're going to have some fun guests coming up, Joel, on uh, next week. I am giving you a vacation. I got Zach Kruk back. Beautiful. I got Dan Baldwin coming back. He's also with WTBQ. So it's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to be back in the studio, back up there in Warwick. It's going to be a lot of fun, lots to talk about. But we're going to see you guys on Wednesday for our Thanksgiving special. Joel Ann and I will be together for that one. Uh, that's going to be a short little, hopefully 20, 30-minute clip. It's going to be a lot of fun. We're going to preview the Thanksgiving Day games, uh, the NBA free agency that is that is ensuing and everything from there. So, Jolan, until episode 27, until right before Thanksgiving. Blank check season. Put it in the books.